Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bricks and Clicks. I'm Colin, and your co-host Johnny is with us. And we're joined today with Min. Min is the founder and CEO of YZ, a startup based in San Francisco that develops AI solutions for the CPG industry. Min, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Great, man. And I think maybe before we get into some of the meatier questions about the product and YZ, could you give us just a little background on how you found yourself in the CPG space working on such tech-based solutions? Yes, well, I think CPG is not only one of the oldest industry, but I think it's one of the still the most important industries. Like we all depend on this industry to on our day-to-day lives. And it's it is quite inspiring when you think that every household has at least 200 brands at any given point. And that if we can make some impact in this industry, we would be impacting every household. So that's why it inspires me and my whole team to work on this industry. And why AI in this industry? Well, because my background is in technology. I've been in the industry for 20 years and helping a lot of companies in different industries to transform their business, to be more efficient, more sustainable, and future-proof their business. Yeah, I mean, that's very cool. So for... Yeah. So what for our our listeners, could you give us a rundown of what problems you guys solve, problems YZ solves in the CPG space? Yeah. So we solve a problem that I'm sure everybody who has shopped at a store has experienced. Like every time we look for a product, whether it's our cereal or shampoo, and we don't find the product at the store, that is an out of stock problem. But the other side of the coin is like, we also see a lot of products that are not sold and that thrown away or sold at rebate. Those are inventory distortion problems that we help solve with more intelligent tools. So a lot of companies sending people to stores every day to verify how products are displayed, whether the pricing is the right one, whether the planogram meaning the position of the product is the right one. And those products are done manually so far. So at YC, we created a technology that works on any mobile device, iPhone, Android, tablet, and this person would not have to eyeball the shelf anymore. Instead, that person would just take pictures or videos, scan the shelf, and boom, in one second, even with no connection, we would return the analysis of what is going on at the shelf level. That's so cool. I know like my understanding of the state of the art or the standard in CPG right now is exactly what you said. Hire a whole bunch of people or crowdsource a whole bunch of people to go to the shelf and fill out a questionnaire. And um, I know we see there's a lot of problems just in getting the folks that you're getting to go to the shelf to actually like answer the questions correctly. Or if you don't ask the question exactly right, then you've wasted like a whole round of audits and it can be expensive. Exactly. But Um, if you have the picture, even if you miss a question, you can still process that after the fact. And it's not only crowdsourcing, but a lot of companies have their own people, sales reps or auditors, and even store associates eyeball the shelf. And our tool is first and foremost is an efficiency tool. We drive down the audits from 20 minutes to one or two minutes. And then on top of that, we add that intelligence layer where we get operational KPIs, but also strategic KPIs. And then over time, we help the company get into predictive analytics. So cool. So we, myself and actually Johnny's brother, who's a computer engineer, we threatened back in the day when we were trying to find something to work on together to work on, hey, what if we got robots and put them in all the stores and the robots at, I don't know, midday or at the end of the day or something, they kind of traversed the store and took a picture of all of them. Or if you set up cameras in the aisles, like monitoring for out of stock. Yeah. Like smart shelf stuff. 
that's as far yeah. as we got. You've obviously taken it way farther. Yeah. Did you guys consider the robot route or what was your, it, how did you get to where you're at today? Yes, we did. We went down the mobile path because if we want to become the standard of the industry, we have to sell to every stakeholder in the industry from CPG manufacturers, brokers, distributors, and the retailer. But if we go down the robot or camera path, the only customers we could have are the retailers who actually own the store. That's one thing. The other thing is there are not that many stores where you can actually you can put robots in. You need to have big aisles, a lot of footage. And in many countries outside the US, most of the sales still come from mom and pop shops. So you cannot put in robots there. And then finally the cost. Like having a robot is very costly. It's a setup fee and the ongoing maintenance fee. So we thought of mobile devices would be more flexible. And this industry is so pervasive, but so complex that, for example, like even in big cities, we don't have reliable connection inside yeah. the stores. So how can we make AI work with just almost just air? Yeah. <laughs> the closest thing to air is our mobile devices. Yeah, your phones. Yes, yeah. your phone. Yeah, exactly. It's a great solution. And I'm embarrassed we didn't even think about that way back when. Billy and Colin and I were yeah. brainstorming ideas in Tahoe. We were so focused on the hardware aspect, like the shelf. I think that was the sort of the last idea we had was a smart shelf and working with a hardware engineer in terms of how do you get that set up and can you have a scale or have cameras? And then we started thinking about the logistics of how do you get all those shelves into all these stores? How do you connect the power or the Wi-Fi? And it's just like, wow, that's a huge problem to solve. But yeah, just putting it on your phone or an iPad is... It's a genius idea. It's a simple idea, yeah. but it's actually not so easy to implement. Because as I mentioned, the, most stores have really bad internet connection. Yeah. And if you're a person visiting this store, you don't, like a sales rep of a manufacturer, you don't even use the Wi-Fi at this store. Yeah. So making AI work in a phone without connection was like, quite a challenge. We had yeah. to invent several layers of technology to be able to create the first on-device computer vision solution yep. that just with the uh, limited resources that a phone has compared to the farms of, of servers in the cloud, like we could achieve similar accuracy and yeah. at least 20 times faster. So you're so to be clear, the way YZ works right now is it does all the AI, the calculations, the machine learning locally on the phone when it's downloaded. You don't require an internet access when you're in the store? That's correct. We do wow. the processing of the images oh, on the phone. Uh, the machine learning happens beforehand. And machine learning happens before we create the model, yeah, deploy it, and then yeah. down. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And it was necessary because otherwise it wouldn't be operational. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, amazing. It took us a while to get there. Thank you. That's very, very that, cool. When customer asked for that, it sounded like uh, we, want, we want to run faster than the speed of light. Yeah, yeah. And you <laughs> deliver that. Yeah. Okay, we'll try. <laughs> and he did. I mean, it, first off, just trying to solve the out-of-stock problem is awesome. That's the biggest problem we see in the industry right now. And especially during the pandemic, it's been war It's been just top of mind everywhere, right? Like low fill rates, empty shelves. It's been horrible. And we wanted to see what are the solutions out there. So how do you work? Do you work primarily with manufacturers? Do you work primarily with the retailer? Who is using YZ and how are they using it? And what are the results they're seeing? We have... Companies from the different segments within the industry, so mostly our CPG manufacturers. Yeah. But we also have brokers, distributors, and retailers coming to us, and not just like grocery retailers, but also pharmacies and beauty as well. Because we can recognize any product as long as it is 
package. Yeah. Right? However, we do see that there is more urgency from the CPG and the broker side. It's more competitive for them to get that information and win at the shelf level. Yeah. And how does it work? So let's say I'm a manufacturer. I'm Collins Pancake Mix. I'm selling all these grocery stores and I use YZ. Who's actually going through and scanning the shelves in my local Safeway? Are you hiring? Are you crowdsourcing? Are they employees? What is that? How does that typically uh, go? It is usually the employees. Most of our initial leads were CP, the large CPG companies. So they already yep. send in a lot of sales reps to yep. all of these stores. Yep. So when they do that, instead of just eyeballing and filling a survey on their tablet, they would use their tablet to take pictures. It's very similar with the brokers. Brokers sending people every day as well to the stores. And if it is the case of the broker, we not only help the broker, but we also add value to their customers. So maybe smaller brands that don't have their own sales force, they would hire a broker to do so. Yeah. So in, the broker will benefit and also their brands will benefit from this information. Great. And one more follow-up question to that. Call, at Omnium, we have an out-of-stock model that uses the consumption data. So looking at store-level data, saying like, hey, we think there's a high likelihood you're out of stock based on your sales per day or whatever that looks like. And we can say, hey, here's the priority list of all stores. This one is the most likely, in our opinion, to be out of stock. But the problem we've run into is, okay, great. What do you do with that? Like, How do you use that number? How are you actually going to force a product on the shelf? With YZ and the manufacturers you work with, how do they use it? How are they able to go and say, okay, great, I'm out of stock here. I need to get my product populated. What does that look like? What does that process look like? Yes. So I'll say the benefits come at different layers. So the first mm -hmm. layer of benefit, the sales rep is at this store. That person is taking pictures. Yeah. We will immediately take, tell that person, these products are out of stock based on the assortment that is expected at that store in that season. Yep. So we help the person find the products that are supposed to be there. In some cases, we can even find unauthorized products. And not every mm. customer has that concept, but some customers have that concept that this product should not be here. Yeah. Why <laughs> is this product here in this yeah. season? Imagine you take a picture and we return in one second. We tell you, hey, these products are still missing. So you keep taking pictures to cover the whole shelf and you do that freely. You don't have to be a robot to scan the shelf perfectly. Just take pictures like my mom would. Yep. And actually she was the benchmark for <laughs> the usability part. Of and that. just we would tell you, hey, these products are still missing. Either you didn't take the pictures or they're actually not there. So that's the first benefit. If the company also does planogram compliance, we could also tell that person this is not complying and depending on whether that could be fixed at the moment or it has to be talked later, that the information is there. We also can do a price check, whether yeah. it's a compliance issue or just an intelligence issue and calculate also share of shelves. It, it's funny because when companies learn about this technology, the first thing they care about is out of stock. But yeah. when they see the power of this technology, hey, you can tell me actually who are the new competitors getting more share of shell? Can you tell me that? And the answer is yes. It's another AI module that we add, but we could tell our customers that. And on top of that, we can tell them who are the new competitors joining, even though we have not done any machine learning. On, on those. That's so cool. I just in that, uh, in those things you listed, you're just several steps ahead of me at each turn. I was like, oh, you could do planogram stuff. And they're like, we do planogram stuff. Yeah. And then, oh, you could do pricing. And they're like, oh, we also do pricing. Well, I guess what you're getting is like, you have a real, as close to we can right now of a real time view 
eventually have like any shelf in the United States, right? Live and streaming like the grocery aisle. In the world, really. Yeah. You just have like <laughs> yeah. a live feed of all of the shelves. It's, there's so many possibilities there. It's such a cool... Uh... Yes, this is just the beginning. And I, I'm sure the industry has not on top the power of computer vision yet. And that's because we have been trying to use computer vision since the 60s. Mm. And because of all these technical issues, they, we have not been able to deploy computer vision in a real context. And it's very similar to what happened to the barcode. It's another story of the industry. Like the barcode yeah. was invented, I think was it like late 50s or 40s, but it took 40 years for the barcode to be deployed. And that was because the early, really. earliest technology was very clunky. The light bulb was the size of our head. The equipment that was needed was an oscilloscope, a desk size oscilloscope. So you couldn't implement barcode, even though the concept was revolutionary. The same thing with computer vision since the 60s. But it needs to work offline. It has to be fast. It has to be accurate, reliable. And a lot of things that have not been able to be solved until recently. Question for you, Minder Colin. Do you know what the first UPC was? What, I, what product it was? Was it a gum? Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Wrigley. It's Wrigley really? chewing gum. Yeah. Very good. Sorry. When you talked about UPCs, I just I always think <laughs> of that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. The technology it just takes a long time for these for the industry to adapt to new technologies. So it's been challenging. Yeah. So uh, I know there's so many possibilities for this product, but with how people are using it today and kind of what you're offering today, who are the main users of it? You mentioned a couple like brands and brokers. Who are the key people today who are using your product? So at this store is either a sales rep or an auditor. Yeah. Or yeah. Usually on the sales side, if it is actually a retailer, sometimes are the retail associates. But people who are at the office, it, they could be the yeah. business intelligence unit, marketing unit, sales execution, mm -hmm. sales enablement. And we are breaching a lot of breaking a lot of silos in the companies because what is uh, usually marketing gets the data somewhere else, and then creates a strategy where sales have to implement part of that. But in our case, we are first and foremost helping the sales force at the store be more efficient, collect data that sales need, but that data can also be used by marketing, finance, supply chain, and other areas within the company. And so how much, let's say I'm a, let's say I have a brand, like we said, Collins Pancake Mix, that's the one we've been using. And I want yeah, the to one you created start over using New Year's. YZ. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That's the exact one. Yes. <laughs> so if I want to use this, like, how would I engage with you guys? And what's the rough cost? I know you maybe can't share all the costs, but as much as you're comfortable with. Actually, what well, our cost is less than a cup of coffee. We are the most affordable technology out there because of the breakthrough we had. So the fact that our technology process, the images on the phone, we drive down the AI processing costs from thousands of dollars per month to basically zero because it's processed by your smart device. So yeah, it's less than a cup of coffee. Every time you have a, you do a survey or you do a visit, that's ballpark how much it would cost. And depending on how many AI modules you need, it could be from 10 cents to 25 cents per survey. So very affordable. How would you use it oh, wow. if you are calling pancakes? Uh, the first thing I will ask is, do you have your own sales force? Yep. Let's say I have one salesperson, but I use like brokers really to do my store to store stuff. And maybe I hire like a, 
I hire a retail execution partner to do my surveys today. Yes. So if you have your own sales for it, this can be used by the salespeople that go into the store. If you don't and you work with a broker, you, your broker can use this. And that's the other case where brokers use this and they can serve many brands. They can serve Calling Pancakes and Johnny Chewing Gum and all other brands right. that that broker serves. That's great. Yeah. I was thinking like that's, it's got to be a, the biggest advantage when I think about it for the brokers and the auditing companies today, like the people who are already in the store because it makes their job, it makes their store visits so much more efficient. You're spending think, like yeah. two minutes per store instead of 30 minutes per store looking at shelves. It feels like yeah. to me the huge. like a retailer would be the one that would love this though, right? Because right now you walk into a store, right? And you'll see the store managers or not the store manager, store workers, and they're scanning every UPC that's out of stock, like just going up and down. If you could just have a store employee right. say, okay, twice a day in the morning, I'm going to walk through every single aisle, just hold my iPad up and scan the shelves. It's going to say, hey, these are the hundred items that are out of stock. Ping the DC or the warehouse, go check the back of the store, populate that, then do it at the end of the day, do that whole walkthrough. Like that, that seems like yes. that would be an amazing thing for a retailer to have. Yes. Such so wishful we have thinking. Imagine the retailers <laughs> having resources. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but they're still doing the, like the beep, the hey, just like beep. And it's like, just walk yes, through up and down. Yes, they are. Yeah. They are. It's with like, a picture, you can save a lot of scanning uh, with the bar, with the scanner guard. Yes. So we, what we see is that retailer chains that have smaller formats, so similar to 7-Eleven convenience store kind of format who, that have products and one or two people at the store. Those are more likely to use a mobile technology. Yeah. If it is a larger store, sometimes they prefer to use uh, shelf cameras, shelf edge cameras, or even robots or drones to do so because they have, they own this space. But for brokers, distributors, and brands, like there, there's no other choice, right? Yeah, for sure. So you've got all this data processing going on. You're learning about all these images from stores and categories across the country, I guess the world too, right? Because you're in Europe and other places. What are some of the trends that you're seeing that you observed over the last couple of years in the industry? Have you seen anything change or different problems pop up? What's out there in terms of who yes, they may so be aware the, of? The trends that are driving the adoption of computer vision are several, right? So yep. the need to personalize products. So instead of having the same products at every store, now you have to have a different assortment potentially yeah. at every store to maximize the revenue per store. Um, so that creates a lot more complexity that you will need new tools like this to do so. Another trend is the great resignation, constant vacancies, high turnover. Yeah. And because this industry still relies a lot of manual labor, like every change in the workforce would affect the quality of your results and also the efficiency. So using a tool like this can kind of standardize the quality level of your process, regardless whether you have a person that joined just join the company or not. Omnichannel sales are also affecting this. And, and you, the audience might be thinking, but we're talking about in-store sales. Why are you yeah, talking yeah. about omnichannel? The whole omnichannel concept have changed everything. Now, stores are also serving as the last mile fulfillment center. Yep. So it's not just the uh, customers like us who walk into the store to who take products from the shelf, but also pickers or shoppers or, and that, kind of exacerbates the out-of-stock problem. And, and then another trend is that we see that new stores that are being built in the city are smaller. So they have to be very careful in what 
assortment they have to have at that store. So if you don't have data to understand the shopping patterns around that store, then you will have the same products that you have in other places. So that will not be the most, the optimum way to use this space. So you need more data intelligence to decide what is the best assortment for any given store. So yeah. That is where we see the industry. Those are the challenges the industry is yeah. already facing. What we have seen is before companies were just exploring the use of AI. After the pandemic, it was like, no, we need AI. We, we don't have people, enough people in the field and we need to be able to do remote coordination. And oh, by the way, we have high turnover. People don't want to work anymore. They're resigning. And it's it now it's like this is going to be the new standard. And the first to join this new wave are going to benefit a lot from that. Being able to just to have this type of computational power on your phone wherever you go is like unheard of, right? And so that's just so powerful. So as yeah, people are gonna want to look for it and make it easy to use. And you should start seeing the pickup there. The one thing too, I just thought about when you were talking about the challenges you see, and we were focusing on out of stocks, but it could also be used for products that are not moving at all. Like if you're scanning up and down and you say, hey, that item's collecting dust. It hasn't moved in a month. That could signal, hey, maybe I don't need that inventory. And I could expand my facings of the one right next to it, which is out of stock every other day. Is that's a powerful thing as well in terms of getting that right assortment, because what we see from our side is it, retailers are drawing down their inventory levels so low, trying to get it as low as possible. And that just leads to out of stocks on your top SKUs. So that's, I'd be curious too, yes. if you've encountered uh, that at all. Uh, yes, definitely. And we can even, if we can pair it with transactional data, we could even gain insights about how the position of a product affects mm, sales. Yeah. So you don't have to analyze that two months later after you did something or after the retailer changed the position of your product, you can see that almost on a daily basis or at least on a weekly basis that, hey, my product was moved to another place and now it is impacting my sales in this way. So it also helps run understand for each location, what would be the best in-store uh, placement that would benefit a particular queue. Yeah. So we are going down to this queue level to the store level, it is a level of complexity that you, we cannot manage if we don't have tools like this. No doubt. You mentioned the consumption data and transactional data. Do you have any syndicated data supplier partners yet? Or is that something you guys are looking at? Like the Nielsen We're IRI? looking at, we're talking, yes, yes. So we're talking to several There's, of them. Yeah. I cannot say the name yet, but there are not that many out there anyway. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> to see how we could um, integrate these different data sources to derive a richer layer of intelligence. And that's yes. why I said we're ah. just beginning in this. There's so much potential. This is just like the barcode, but way better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, again, like I said, you, every time I thought I had good ideas, you were several ideas ahead. You obviously have thought, worked at this a long time, and you see the potential. Like we see the tremendous potential in this. Now, we all have Expo coming up. Are you gonna be at Expo showing this off? We might be, Expo we're West still, we're, we're still in the, you know, we're table deciding how we will yeah. be able to participate this year. Yeah. If you can go, yeah. I strongly recommend okay. it. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's there. kind of excitement. Everyone's there. It's yeah. an awesome space to be. And yeah, highly recommend, encourage you to go if you Thank can. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, cool. even if you just go down, we'd love to meet up with you if you make it down and walk the floor with you a little bit at Expo. 
Thank you. That would be great. Be great. Are you going and to it, showcase your pancakes there? <laughs> it was I'm, just doing market. Just be doing some market research. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Test them out. I I made a promise to Andrew that I wouldn't I wouldn't jump in his space. So <laughs> yeah. I just keep it I keep it in my own neighborhood so he doesn't notice. We just have <laughs> pancakes I, at his booth. Yeah, exactly. Colin's actually working on a separate project, a new product that's top secret right now. And hot new product. We'll, we'll, talk, yeah, about hot new we'll product. talk about it later. Yeah, he's moved on from pancakes, I should say. So, Min, thank you so much for talking me out yeah. of it. Thank you for joining us. Where can listeners, manufacturers, retailers, brokers, anyone who's interested, find more information about it and reach out? Yes, it will be on our website, yc.ai. Yc is W-I-S-Y dot A-I, and it means wise and easy AI. Nice. Love wise that. Wise and easy. Making it easy. Right. Min, thank you so, so much for joining us. This is really exciting technology that you put together, and I can't wait to see how it's going to improve the out-of-stock conditions at retail and make our lives a little bit easier. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. Thank you.